0: Thank you for that. Let's stand together. Take your Bibles if you would and go to Second Corinthians chapter number six. 2 Corinthians chapter six. Second Corinthians chapter number six. And we're going to start in verse number one and we'll read responsively down through verse eleven. First Corinthians chapter six, verses one through eleven. Max and Stephanie are back, and so Max is back in his place, and good to see you, buddy. And Miss Stephanie's over with the kids, but the Gatlin is with Mrs. Gatlin. We don't ever see that happen, uh, and so, all right. 2 Corinthians chapter six, verse one. I'll read verse one. Join me on two, and we will read responsively down through verse eleven. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by longsuffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. Now, when we read this passage of Scripture, if we didn't know which, which group of believers he was writing to, you would think that he was writing to an established group of believers who were not babes in Christ. The Corinthian Church was filled with baby Christians. The Corinthian Church was known as a carnal church. The Corinthian church was not known as a church of, uh, of uh, a lot of uh, stable believers, but this instruction this is powerful. He's telling them, as the ministers of Christ. Now, when you think about minister, who do you think about? Pastors. But the word minister means servant. And all of us are to be servants. Ministers of Christ. And if we are going to be a minister of Christ, these are the things... They've got to be evident in our life. And what it's showing is, boy, we've got to grow up. We've got to, we've got to mature. We've got to be strengthened. And, you know, you, have, you, you grow in stages, don't we? You know, the babies that are in the nursery tonight, I mean, they are totally dependent on you parents to be able to meet all the needs that they have, but wait till they get about two, and it's mine, and it's me, and I do it, and they don't want help. They want to do it by themselves, and then they grow out of that, and then they become teenagers, and it starts all over again. (laughs) <laughs> and then they, uh, they turn about 50 and it starts all over again, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but uh, with that, though, you just see that there is, there's different stages. And as we take a different stage of growth, there's time to mature, to learn, to grow, to use what we've been given so we can take another step of growth, so we can grow as believers, we are in a, a series that's entitled Living Life, but I want you to go back to verse number three, and that's what we're going to look at tonight, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Blamed. Nobody's he's saying? As believers, we all have a responsibility to make sure that we are not a stumbling block to somebody else. Because they won't blame you. They'll blame the ministry. We could have one person in church walk up to a guest and say, you're sitting in my seat. And it's just one person But that church is not friendly. You know what happens? That individual doesn't get blamed. The ministry gets blamed. And he says here that we are to give no offense. So tonight I want to just look at handling disputes. Handling disputes. And I think it'll be a help. I was helped as I studied this out, and I pray that it'll be a help to you. And let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for your goodness. Thank you for the, having an expectations for us uh, that we have to work towards. Uh, Lord, you you challenge us, and I thank you for that. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you that I have a God who is worthy uh, of serving, of sacrificing for, of striving to do better. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us Uh, to be the person that you'd want us to be. Help us to uh, truly uh, desire to strive to become uh, all that you would want us to be. And so help us tonight. Uh, There's in this area uh, of disputes, uh, of potential problems. So give us insight, wisdom, uh, so we know how to deal with them, please. For Christ's sake, amen. You can be seated. The Apostle Paul is going over some things with this Corinthian church. He's going over one of the uh, main responsibles, uh, or responsibilities uh, of a preacher of the gospel is to get the gospel out, sharing uh, with them the necessity of the gospel. Uh, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Uh, and that is the case. Uh, you say, when should a person get saved? The first time they hear the gospel but not everybody's going to receive the first time they hear the gospel. Uh, But we we want to make sure that we are presenting it. Uh, The gospel is needed. Uh, And uh, why is the gospel needed? You know why the gospel is needed? Because there's a dispute. There's a dispute between God and man. Your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Uh, there is a divide between mankind and god that 's a dispute now that 's a big one. Salvation will deal with that that, that, uh, that issue uh, to where we can we can have uh, both people on the same side james four four the Bible says, ye adulterers and adulteresses. "'Know ye not that the friendship of the world "'is enmity with God?' Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Uh, so there, there, are, uh, there are disputes that can happen uh, between man. When Adam sinned in the garden, there was a divide between God and man. Uh, and with that, there was, uh, that had to be, that dispute, that issue had to be dealt with. And that's why Christ came. Uh, son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Christ came uh, to make a way possible for us. Uh, Ephesians 2.15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Uh, Aren't we glad that Christ has made peace for us? All right. And salvation brings that uh, peace with God and so ephesians two sixteen and that he might both uh, that, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby. Uh, So the Lord, he has has dealt with that that division between God and man, and he has made it possible for us to have a relationship with God. And that was what salvation uh, has done. Uh, And so uh, before salvation, we were on the opposite side as God. The Bible says that we were a child of the devil. Now, You tell people that nowadays, that's offensive. But that's what God says. Before salvation, we're not a child of God, we're a child of the devil. And so we are part of God's creation. Everyone is part of God's creation, but not everyone is his child. And so salvation brings about that. Uh, So when we were opposites uh, with God, opposite sides with God, when there was a disputed division there... uh, The only person that could fix that was the Savior. You know what? Even after salvation, the one that, that helps us deal with disputes and division, it's the Savior. He is the one that can give us Victory. He is the one that can help us. So, He is is the solution to our dispute with God. He is also uh, the solution to our disputes with mankind. Whether it's your husband, whether it's your wife, whether it's a child, whether it's a co worker, whether it's a sibling, a neighbor, an employer, an employee, uh, the Lord is the one that can give help to deal with division and uh, those disputes so jesus is the answer he's the answer for everything that we need you know, it's sort of like you have, uh, you run a children's program, and as you're running a children's program, uh, you'll ask questions, and you're giving out candy, you're giving out some kind of a prize, and uh, the answer, the hands go up for an answer, and you'll ask the kids, uh, what's the answer? Jesus! And Jesus is the answer. And that's uh, just the simplicity of a child. I mean, uh, that's their, the natural response there as they're learning. Uh, they might not know the answer to that Bible question, but Jesus is the answer. Uh, and, you know, uh, we get away from that. We get too smart. We've got to go back to the fact where we realize, Jesus, we need, I need you. You. I can't do this on my own, for without me ye can do nothing, he says. So so here, uh, Jesus is the answer. He is the one to help us in handling disputes, but how do we handle them? Uh, The best way to handle disputes is to be wise and to try to avoid having them in the first place. You know, a lot of our problems are self-inflicted. Don't you hate those self-inflicted problems? Just recently, I did something and I hurt myself. And I, was, and I was in pain. And I'm thinking through a statement that I have said to people over the years. You got to be tough when you're dumb. <laughs> when you're dumb, you do things that hurt. And so, uh, Deb was trying to show me a little bit of compassion, and I, I brought out that statement, you got to be tough when you're dumb. Uh, but a lot, of our, uh, a lot of hurts that we have, they're self-inflicted. A lot of disputes that we, that we have are because we don't keep our mouth closed. Our tongue, the world of iniquity, the Bible says, and so we've got to guard it. So how can we do that? Go to Proverbs chapter twenty-two. Proverbs twenty-two. Proverbs chapter twenty-two. We're going to look at a couple of verses in Proverbs, Proverbs twenty-two, and look with me at verse number three. Proverbs twenty-two three. Bible says, "A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple past pass on, and are punished." The simple pass on and are punished. What what he's telling us is that a prudent individual, a wise individual is going to see that that problem could be coming and they're going to avoid it. The people that end up paying the consequences are the ones that keep on going down that path. They, They... they uh, simple pass on and are punished. You know, the, we got to be careful on trying to bail everybody out all the time. We live in a society where everybody is a victim. And in that scenario, sometimes bad decisions, they lead to consequences. But if somebody is going to bail them out every time they make a bad decision, they're not going to learn. And they're going to keep on making them with, with children. We've got to be careful because we can bail them out and bail them out and bail them out. And pretty soon, they're going to be old enough where we can't bail them out anymore. Yeah. And we got to guard that. So uh, the simple pass on or punish the consequence for actions, that's a teachable moment. That's, it's, I'm not talking about just gloating because somebody made a bad decision. It's a teachable moment. It's an opportunity. Okay, this is what you did and you, you knew, did you not see that this was coming? Well, I saw that it could happen, but okay. So why did you keep going down that same path? Why did you not change direction? Why didn't you decide to do something different? Those are teachable moments. But the consequence of actions is what helps us from repeating those decisions. Uh, So uh, we want to avoid having them, uh, these disputes in the first place. Verse number 12, Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27 and verse number 12. We find the same verse again. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Have you, ever, have you ever told your child, I already told you once, I'm not going to tell you again. How many of you, your parents told you that? yeah. But, but God is telling us multiple times. Why? Because it's something he wants us to hear. It's something he wants us to grab a hold of. Uh, the word prudent is cautious, circumspect, uh, practically wise. As in, it's just not knowledge. Wisdom is not just knowledge. Wisdom is the practical application of that knowledge. It is is taking what you know and using it in your daily life. There are a lot of smart people that don't make good decisions. Academia is a tool. But when you're not wise, you're not using those tools that you have been given to accomplish anything. Uh, and so uh, so uh, being prudent. So several things. Number one tonight, recognize the problem. How do I deal with disputes? Number one, recognize the problem. Be aware when there's an issue. If we are going to learn how to handle disputes, we've got to realize uh, what's going on. Be aware of when there is an issue. Relationships are too precious to allow them to be destroyed. And I, and I wish, I've, I've got relationships in life and I've had them uh, where uh, those relationships were broken and uh, was not able to restore them. And, uh, and I do, I, there are relationships that I pray the Lord will restore uh, in my life. But we want to try to, we want to avoid as many broken relationships as possible. Uh, so, uh, so God, uh, he did not ignore or accept Adam's sinful activity. And with that, when there is a dispute, when there is an error, it doesn't mean that we have to just ignore it. God didn't do that. He dealt with what was going on. Uh, Go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to look at the fall of man and how God uh, worked through this uh, with his people, uh, with humanity uh, as they sin. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 uh, the Bible says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Uh, and what, what a wonderful place. You, you think about the Garden of Eden, oh, to live in a place where there were no problems. There, to live in an environment without sin. what a what a utopia but we won't have that down here that's gone there will not be that uh so uh so uh w- not only uh, do we have to, uh, not only do we see here uh, what happened when there was that sin, uh, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And so uh, we, have to, we have to learn. If we are going to learn how to handle disputes, we have to see how God dealt with them and help us to understand as well. Uh, we have to uh, learn. Uh, in in life, there there are going to be uh, issues. There are going to be problems that we face, disputes, uh, and we have to recognize that problem. Uh, it might be sibling rivalry. It might be uh, personal self-esteem. And because of that uh, lack of self-esteem with you or somebody else, there's a dispute that arises. Uh, you can have disputes with co-workers. uh, And and you know what? The same thing as adults have them with co-workers, kids have them with classmates. You know what that is? That's a learning. It's a teachable moment. How are they going to learn how to deal with co-workers if they can't learn how to deal with a classmate? It's, it's all part of life. The problems that we go through in life, these are areas that help us grow. Uh, and so, uh, so dealing with them, uh, whether it's a coworker or a classmate, whether it's a boss or a teacher, uh, spouses, uh, a friend. Uh, and uh, with that, though, uh, you have, you have uh, disputes. But when a dispute uh, arises, we have to recognize it. Number two Number two, oh, before I get to number two, social interaction with sinners brings conflict. Social interaction with sinners brings conflict. There's no way around it. And we're all sinners. So there's going to be conflict that's going to be, that's going to be our fault. There's also going to be conflict that's going to be somebody else's fault. But since we're all sinners, we're going to have to learn how to deal with this, uh, how to handle it. Uh, so uh, recognize, number one, the problem. Number two, admit or confess, confess the guilt. Admit or confess the guilt. We can't get right until we admit we're wrong. How many of you have ever been wrong? All right, all of us, of course. We've all been wrong. But we're not always quick to admit it. If I want to handle a dispute, I've got to be able to own it. Now, it might not all be mine, but it's almost never all somebody else. There's There's usually something on our part as well. Uh, So you can't get right without realizing that you were wrong. You can only change you. If I'm going to learn how to handle a dispute, it doesn't mean that the relationships are all going to be fine and we're going to be best friends and there's never going to be another problem. I, I can't determine that. Because I can't determine how somebody else is going to respond. I can only determine how I'm going to respond. I can only control me. So with that, I've got to do everything that I can do uh, to help me be what I need to be. So since we can only change ourself, we we don't have to worry whether or not they're accepting the guilt. Well, it's not all my fault, but that their fault isn't your problem. Your fault is your problem. We've got to own what our issue is. Uh, Back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Uh, Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Uh, And here, Adam now is having to deal with uh, answering God and owning his own own sin, his own uh, uh, part in this problem. And so uh, we have to admit or confess our guilt. Number three, find a solution. Find a solution. Now, Finding a solution doesn't happen when we play the blame game. What's the goal? Is the goal to prove that you're innocent? Or is it the goal to to address a dispute? Is it to Restore that relationship to make things right. Genesis three seventeen. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife <coughs> uh, guys, you gotta watch out for that. Uh, but <laughs> because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree which of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth uh, to thee and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou shalt, uh, till thou return unto the ground for out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art and unto dust shalt thou return. In verse 21, and unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Uh, What do we find here? We find God... Found a way to make it right. He was he was finding a solution. He was making a solution for the problem. He was trying to take away uh, that problem. Now, it didn't mean that he ignored it. No, there were still consequences for those actions. But he looked for a solution. And in disputes, if we're we're gonna have disputes in marriage. And with that, we better, we better figure out how to find some solutions. Why? Because we don't want there to be division. We don't want there to be uh, that uh, hurt in the family. So the Apostle Paul, uh, back in our text with the Corinthians... Uh, he was showing to what extent he and the other apostles had gone through uh, and to what they had separated their lives unto. And they were just being an example uh, to, uh, for the Lord. And so uh, they didn't want to offend. And uh, as he was teaching these Corinthians... He was telling them that they shouldn't offend. Why? So uh, so the ministry was not blamed. And so back in our text here, uh, he said, giving no offense in anything, uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 3, in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience and afflictions in necessities and distresses in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, uh, what's he saying? No matter what the uh, the offense is, our response to them should be in such a way that the ministry is not going to be blamed, that the service of Christ is not, his name is not going to be damaged, to where they're not going to look at it and say, "Oh, I thought you were a Christian." People are watching, and our life, in uh, handling the, the problems in life, uh, we, we've we got to learn how to deal with that, uh, and uh, why, or how? Uh, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love, and un- by the word of truth, by the power of he gives us ways to help us uh, deal with those problems. So, uh, if we are going to, uh, to live our life in a way that is going to be able to help resolve uh, disputes, then we're going to have to be spiritual. We're going to have to respond in a way that is not just according to our flesh. You know, my natural response is not to turn the other cheek. My, my response is to turn their other cheek. But that's the, the spiritual response. How am I going to respond? Uh, I need to learn how to respond. Why? Because there, there's a world that needs to be reached. There are people that need to be helped. There, there is a, there's a mission that needs to be accomplished. And disputes are a part of life. We're going to have them. We're going to have them in the home. We'll have them in the job place, the workplace. And we'll have them at church. But are those going to cause me to forsake the Lord? Are they going to cause me to give up on God? No. I've got to learn learn how to deal with those. And so disputes, uh, these are just uh, some things that we can do. Recognize the problem, admit and confess that guilt, and then look for a solution. What can I do uh, to solve uh, this issue? Now, we can't fix everything. But we should do what we can. And if we do what we can, then whatever, however that response is, by doing what I can, I, I've got to get my heart right. I've got to make sure there's no bitterness in my heart. I've got to make sure that there's no animosity. I've got to make sure that I'm not uh, holding up uh, and having hate or uh, anger towards somebody. Uh, those disputes, they come. And the devil can use those to, to plant a, a seed of bitterness in our life. And if we don't deal with it, that root of bitterness is going to spring up, the Bible says. And it goes on. It's not just that root of bitterness springs up. It says, and thereby many be defiled. You know, if we get bitter, we're going to take somebody out with us. And let's not allow that to be the case. You know, we, we all have a place in the body of Christ. We have a place, and there's, a, there's an opportunity in the body of Christ to make a difference and to make an impact, and let's not, let's not let the devil disable us and, and get us out of the battle. Let's, let's grow. Let's take our faith, and let's live it day by day. It's one thing to just come in and sing the songs of God. It's another thing to live it when things aren't going right. And so when battles come, we've got to learn how to respond to those disputes. All right, Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your people. And Lord, what a blessing it is to be able to gather together tonight. And I pray that uh, you would help us as we go our own ways. And uh, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, and, uh, to grow and to mature. And as we find ourselves with different disputes and problems, Uh, Help us to respond in a way that uh, would be pleasing to you. May you lead us and guide us uh, and help us, Lord, to get into the word of God and to follow the principles and guidelines you have given to us uh, so we can serve you. So bless us now as we head our own way, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen.